You often hear people say that they can't wait to retire. They're looking forward to the day when they don't have to work anymore. This week we are looking at the gospel and our work. It's Monday, October 30th. And sadly, we make little connection between our worship on Sundays and our work that begins on Monday. It feels like much more than a day separates them, but something of a chasm between them. We find difficulty of seeing, well, how walking with Christ, our life in Christ, relates to our work. Now, in our day, many people have taken one of two views of work that are faulty. First, many have made an idol of their work. They use it to establish their identity, to gain a sense of value for themselves. Work is a way to justify your existence, to feel as if you've made your contribution to the wor world. We can so take work and exalt it that it becomes our life. We don't work to live, but we live to work. But there's also the other perspective, one that says work is evil. We should avoid it as much as we possibly can. We consider that our best days will come when we no longer have to work. But in the meantime, let's grin and bear it. It's a necessary evil, and we can't wait until it's not necessary. So again, how does the gospel change the way we see our work? Let's begin at the beginning of human work with our scripture for today from Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Yes, we are being told from the beginning of our story as human being that God has given us work. God put Adam in the Garden of Eden. That means this was a very purposeful action on God's part. As if God is giving a mission to Adam to be a fellow caretaker of his creation. Yes, work is a gift given to Adam before sin ever enters the world. It's not cursed, but it's a blessing to work. Now you may say, well, how could that be so? Well, first, work is what God does. To work is to do as God did when he created all things. Here is Pastor Tim Keller explaining. He said, In the beginning, then, God worked. Work was not a necessary evil that came into the picture later, or something human beings were created to do, but was beneath the great God himself. No, God worked for the sheer joy of it. Now, this means that work is not beneath being human. It's actually a sign that we are made in God's image and likeness. In the same way that a young boy sees his father crafting a dining room table out of wood and begins to desire tools of his own so that he can do the same, God invited us into the work that he's already begun. Imagine for a moment Human beings not having a purpose or a mission, no purpose in the world, not able to use their gifts and abilities. But second, God's giving of work to human beings is his endorsement. Think of someone entrusting their estate to one who will tend to it and care for it. Yes, God has blessed us with work, an important role in helping his creation to flourish. Now, those two words from our scripture today, to work it and take care of it, 
bring together two major ideas. First, we are called to the protection of creation. It does not belong to us, but to God, and so we protect it from harm. But we also tend it. That, also, that means to cause it to flourish. Wrapped up in this gift from God, the gift of work, is human dignity. Over the years, I've had the privilege of being a pastor to the very poor and also the very rich. I remember one young man from an extremely wealthy family a family with such resources, well, this man would never have to do a day's work in his life. But this proved to be a curse for him. He never had to take responsibility for caring for himself or putting food on his family's table. He never had the privilege of discovering and developing his gifts and using them for the benefit of other people or his family. Now, you might think that he's greatly blessed, but the opposite was true. With his financial resources, certainly he could have found a way to serve others, a way to multiply what he had and give to others. But he didn't have to do anything at all. And in the end, his family's wealth proved to be a snare to him. I remember teaching English as a second language years ago to a young nurse from Japan who had come to faith in Christ. As part of her training to be a nurse, she did an internship in a refugee camp in North Africa. The UN refugee camp was home to a few thousand people, and these people had spent their entire lives in the camp. She was shocked to work with patients in the camp that had illnesses you might only find in the elderly. Along the way, she learned that none of these people had ever had to work. Instead, their needs had always been met. As a result, their lives seemed empty and pointless, and this nurse could see how detrimental it was to deprive these people of the ability to work, of having a purpose. These people had, had missed the dignity that's a part of the work that God planned for us to have. Now here's what happens in the gospel we are restored to seeing work as the gift God made it to be. God invites us into a partnership with him in the world, and yes, he gives us a sense of mission and purpose. Here's how the theologian Alan Hirsch explains God's ways. God prefers to offer us grain and invites us to buy a field and plant the seed. He prefers that we till the soil while he sends the rain. He prefers that we harvest the crop while he sends the sunshine. Why? Because he would rather we become partners with him in creation. Of course, God could simply supply our every need and solve our every problem. But our God invites us into creative partnership with him. He supplies the earth, the air, the water, the sun, and our strength. And then he asks us to work with with him. As Paul related in his letter to the Ephesians, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's Ephesians 2.10. That word for handiwork is the source of the word, the English word, poem, poema. It means you are a unique creation of God, made with purpose, and designed to serve in the world. 
It's not because he needs you to do that. He doesn't. It's because he desires you to join him in his work. Let's pray. Father, forgive us for taking work, a good thing, and making it an ultimate thing. Remind us each day that you have blessed us with meaningful work. We rejoice in your goodness and pray in your name. Amen.